Today is Judica Sunday, the fifth Sunday in Lent, and the Gospel reading appointed for this day is from the eighth chapter of St. John's Gospel, beginning with the 46th verse. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear, because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him, and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. Throughout the Sundays in Lent, we have seen the way in which the evil one has opposed our Lord, and the fashion in which the Lord of heaven and earth has defeated each assault of the devil. The Gospel lection assigned for this day recalls something of that which we heard on Invocavit, when the devil came with his temptations. Only now we hear those who are the spiritual children of the evil one, hurling their accusations and trying to kill Jesus. Judica is known as Passion Sunday, and with this week we enter into that which the Church knows as Passiontide. Sometimes the use of this term is conflated with the broader season of Lent, Lententide, but it really is meant to designate its own particular time within this season. With the reading of this assault upon our Lord as he taught in the temple, we are being prepared for the commemoration of his crucifixion and death. Some church bodies have become so confused they've tried to conflate Passion Sunday and Palm Sunday, which of course is next week, that utterly confuses the meaning of both Sundays. What is needful for us to remember is that this day marks the intensification of the opposition to our Lord. Immediately before the words of this reading, there is an important part of Jesus' confrontation with the Jews, which is needful for our understanding of what is happening here. Beginning with verse 37 of the same chapter, Jesus said, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. This is a vital distinction. The Jews who denied Jesus may have been Abraham's descendants, but they were not, properly, spiritually speaking, Abraham's children. This is the lesson we learned from the Syrophoenician woman, who was a child of Abraham only according to the faith, for she was a Gentile according to her lineage. Now those who confront Jesus in the temple are Jews, but they are not children of Abraham. 
In fact, Jesus told them precisely whose children they are, spiritually speaking. They tried to play the piety card with him, declaring, We were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. Here they appear to cast aspersions regarding Jesus being born of the Blessed Virgin Mary. What they got in return was, a, was to be weighed according to their spiritual condition. For thus we read, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you were not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar, and the father of it. With those words, we are brought to the beginning of the appointed gospel reading for today. This is why Jesus then said, Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear, because you are not of God. They are in point of fact in rebellion against the word of God in flesh. They wish to have the appearance of piety, but their spiritual kinship is with those who murdered the prophets. Such people are not absent from the visible church to this day. The abominations of the papacy readily come to mind, but their violent persecution of the church throughout the generations and their willingness to allow politically powerful Roman Catholics to go unpunished for their depravity and for their support for abortion reveal the ongoing corruption of the papacy. But such rebellion is not limited to those circles alone. Far from it. Wherever there are false teachers who try to turn the attention of the church away from the word to some worldly concern, to fix our eyes on something in this world rather than to have our eyes fixed on Christ, then there can be the temptation to such apostasy. There are many who see the church only as a vessel for their political doctrines and would use the bride of Christ as a vehicle for petty things like social reform or the imposition of their socialist doctrines. The children of the devil are always seeking to either control or destroy the church. It shouldn't surprise us when the world finds Christian teaching regarding faith and life to be something deplorable. After all, the spiritual kin of such false accusers said to Jesus, Do we not say rightly that you are Samaritan and have a demon? The exclusive demands of the faith will always be declared by the world to be unloving, intolerant, or even demonic. You know that the truth is having an impact when the enemies of the truth start making such accusations. When we are being attacked for adhering to the biblical doctrine, we are, have our comfort and consolation in the words of Jesus. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. The world can threaten us with fines, imprisonment, even death. They want to terrify us by threatening to take from us everything that the world worships, especially power and wealth. That's why the Jews replied to Jesus with such fury. For we read, now they, they, they declared, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? The deliverance from the fear of death which our Lord promises to those who believe in him is something which infuriates the evil one. When men are afraid, they will worship mammon. 
When men are filled with fear, they will sacrifice anything to have power. Thinking after the fashion of the flesh, they only see the cemetery. The victory which the children of God know utterly escapes their imagination, because death defines their lives. Jesus responded to them by proclaiming who he is. For he said, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Our Lord returns to the point which he had already made when he told the unbelieving Jews that they were descendants of Abraham and not children of Abraham. If they were actually children of Abraham, they would rejoice as their father had to know of the coming of the Christ. We understand that joy which was shared by all the children of Abraham in the Old Testament, for it is as we hear in the epistle reading for today from Hebrews the ninth chapter that Christ is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Abraham rejoiced in the faith which trusted that the day would come when the Messiah would make atonement for sin, so that all who believe in the Christ from Adam to the end of the world would have eternal life in him. St. Paul thus wrote to the Romans of that hope of salvation by grace through faith, when he wrote in the fourth chapter, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed, so they became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Abraham is the father of many nations, of all those who are of that common faith, that it might be according to grace. For the salvation which the Christ proclaims is not a salvation by being of the right family, or of the right class, or of the right nation. Salvation is to those who are of the, of the divinely revealed faith, as the Holy Spirit creates and sustains that faith in those who are the children of Abraham, the adopted sons of God, through baptism into the Christ. Only the blood of Christ shed upon the cross made atonement for the sins of the world. Therefore faith looks to him alone for life and salvation. The unbelievers thus made their final reply. For we read, Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. They thought they were so clever, even as they thought of the Christ only according to his human nature, born of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Lord thus instructs them directly concerning his divine nature, that there would be no misunderstanding. The one who spoke to them had also spoken to Moses from the burning bush. The Son of God who stood in his temple is the one who had been with the people in the wilderness and who had called Abraham to leave his native land for the promised land. When he said to Abram, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And you, all the families of the earth, 
shall be blessed. The unbelieving then did as they always do, having failed to successfully oppose the word of truth with their lies, they resorted to violence. Our generation is no different in this regard. Therefore we must not fear those who rage and blaspheme. Do not be afraid of their threats, nor allured by their false promises. In our fears, we look to Christ Jesus, who has conquered for us, and by whose stripes we are healed. In his wounds we find salvation, and his death upon the cross is our life, for the one who died for us rose again. And in his resurrection we have the center of all the days of this fallen world. For that day, which we shall soon celebrate in the glory of that feast day, is the day of victory over the grave, it is the day that Abraham beheld afar off and rejoiced, it is the day which shapes the days of this world, and is the day which anticipates the day when the Christ will return in glory. As we contend with those who lie, those who blaspheme, those who kill, we have the means which the Lord has given to us and which sustain us on the way, the balm of absolution to console us in the terrors of conscience, the body and blood of Christ to forgive us our sins. Amen. Let us pray. We beseech thee, Almighty God, mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10.30 a.m. worship service. But we also remind you that beginning next Sunday, Palm Sunday, we go back to having a single service on Sunday mornings, and that service will be at 10 a.m. Bible class will follow after service. On the following Sunday, Easter Sunday, we will have a matins at 9.30 a.m. and divine service at 10 a.m. In this coming week, on Wednesday, we have our two midweek services at 11 o'clock in the morning and 7 o'clock in the evening, and we invite you to join us on those occasions as well. Salem was located approximately two miles north of Malone, off of FM 308. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church or these broadcasts, you can visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.